have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Hey, this is Duncan Brannan, author of The Soldier Code and former voice of Chuck E. Cheese and Barney the Dinosaur. And you are listening to my main man, Flynn Hendricks, on the I Know You Hear Me podcast. Are you needing some decals made? Maybe some vinyl or monograms? Then you need to go check out my wife's Etsy shop at Decals by Kins. That's K-Y-N-S. Go over to Etsy.com slash shop slash decals by Kins and you can check that in the show notes as well and see what she's done for other people and see what she can do for you. And I'm speaking from experience here. All of my water bottles, my protein bottles, they all have something that she's printed and put on there and those things last. So if you need something like that for a gift, for your family, for your kids, or even for yourself go check out what she can do for you and as a special treat for my listeners if you use the promo code flynn that's f-l-y-n-n she's even going to get you 10 percent off your order now you can't beat that so go check it out and see what she can do for you and i know you hear me people have always asked me flynn how do i become a professional wrestler how do i become an actor how do i become a podcaster how do i get an agent Well, if you're somebody that's asked these questions, then I've got the solution for you. I'm now offering coaching options that will help you find the answers to these questions and get on the path to success. So if you've been held back by fear, overthinking, or just don't know where to start, email me at theflynnhendricks at gmail.com, use the subject line coaching, and let me get in your corner and help get you on the path to success. And I know you hear me. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast with me. Flynn Hendricks. And if this is your first episode, let me go ahead and welcome you right off the bat. And let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a podcaster, obviously. I host this podcast and another podcast with my engineer over here, Jeff. We host a podcast called Tales from the Haunt. And I'm also a professional wrestler, an actor, and a voice actor, and more importantly, a husband and a father. So I wear a lot of hats and make a lot of things happen. I lose a lot of sleep somewhere in there, but I enjoy what I'm doing, so it makes it work. And, man, if you, like I said, if this is your first episode, you picked a great one to join in on. We have got an awesome guest here today, and I'm going to use her as a cheap little plug before we go any further because she is actually the wife of a previous guest we had on a previous season, Jeremy Spray. So if you want a little one-two combo to go with tonight's interview, you can go back into the archives and check out his episode in season two. And... In case you haven't guessed, we're available on all podcasting platforms, not only for the I Know You Hear Me podcast, but also Tales from the Haunt. So go find us, subscribe if you feel so inclined to do, and I really hope you do. Then go back in the archives, listen to some episodes, leave a five-star or written review if you think we've earned it, and then get connected on social media and share, share, share. It helps us out more than you know, and it helps get the word out and helps keep this audience growing so we can keep bringing you some quality content. 
And guess what? We've also got some shirts and merch available, so if you want some information on how to get that, we've got that information in the show notes where you can go to the Pro Wrestling Tea store or email us directly. And if you get the merch, send us a picture, tag us, and we'll give you a shout-out on social media and the podcast as well. And also, too, now that we're doing live appearances and live podcasts, feel free to let us know about any conventions coming up in your area. Get us the information for who runs the convention, and we'll see if we can't get up there and do a live podcast in your area, too. So we want to see you. We want to bring the equipment. We want to bring the studio out to you, and we want to have some fun. So tonight's guest is one that, man, like I said, her husband has been a previous guest on the show, not only on this show, but also on Tales from the Haunt as well. But you can find him on this show back in Season 2. Go look up Jeremy Spray. But, man... Just getting to know him and now getting to know tonight's guest, she is the epitome of taking the chance and betting on yourself, and I love stories like these. She took the chance and made it happen to get out and start her own music career, and not only that, she's married to a guy who's a scare actor that went viral too, so we've got a lot to unpack here tonight, but I want to dive right into it, and I want to welcome Fane Spray to the show. Fane, thank you for being on here tonight. Man, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So uh, that I think that makes all three of us here. And then little little another tidbit about Jeremy. I can't plug that guy enough. As we're recording oh, sure. this, he's actually going to be here in studio tomorrow. You're not here tonight because the weather or the monstrosity <laughs> outside, whatever's going on, is it just doesn't want to cooperate. So we're doing it virtually, but we're making it happen. So right. up yours, Mother Nature. But I want to I wanna jump in real quick and hit you with the hardest question I've got to ask tonight. Oh, gosh. How would you like me to address you? Fane, Mrs. Spray, or Lady Yuck Yuck? I need the answer right <laughs> off the bat. I mean, I'll answer to all three. <laughs> now, let's see if I can work them into the conversation here tonight. But, man, let's... All joking aside, I want to know like where all of this passion for music and I guess even the entrepreneurial spirit, like where did that where did that blossom in you? Where did that develop from? Gosh, um, it really started early. Like I just remember listening to. I mean, I, my parents always listened to music growing mm-hmm. up, and, and I had like a really eclectic mix of music around my house. Like, oh yeah, my, my mom loved like. Kiss and Aerosmith and like, you know, heavy, like, you know, rock kinds of bands. Um, right. And my dad was more like um, John Denver. Uh, he liked a little Jimmy Buffett, some oh, lighter, man. maybe some country too. So, I mean, we just always had like a ton of music playing at the house. And I remember I have this great memory of like, dancing like you know just having fun like cleaning house and dancing with my mom and listening to the Judds and I loved nice. their voices and the power of their voices oh and yeah so yeah so I think something even though I don't really sing a uh, country um <laughs> like the power of that and like the way that I was connected to that just something stuck and I just I started singing like we I sang in church um, I sang any chance I could really get like at, you know, local benefits and uh-huh. kind of local kinds of things like that in my hometown. Um, and yeah, it just like, I always say like, you know, I just, the only difference between me and a lot of people is like, I just kept doing it. Like some, right. some people might start like, you know, pick up a, a guitar or start playing piano and then they just kind of fall off and say, uh-huh. oh, I could never do that. 
you know, I, I, that's the only difference. <laughs> right, just, right. The consistency and the drive to do it. And yeah. that actually, everything you just said right there gave me two questions that I really want to dig into here, especially sure. with the parent aspect of it. You know, previous guests on the show, we've heard varying stories where the parents were really big and encouraging and nurturing that dream as they saw it develop. And then others, it was always, well, you know, they may have supported it, but it's good to have a backup plan or that's just, that's not what you do. You go do this, you go to college, you get a real job, whatever it may be. Where did yeah. your parents fall on that dynamic? Man, I was so lucky that my parents never tried to tell me what to do or what not to mm -hmm. do. Um, they always supported me in anything musically related that I wanted to do. So when I kind of went from doing benefit concerts and just kind of singing covers of songs to wanting to explore musical theater, which they had never, you know, that was something kind of outside of their, right. their box, you know, um, they supported me all the way. Um, and even in college, like, yeah, when I, you know, said I wanted to major in music, there was never a question of, you know, why are, you know, what, is there anything else that would be more practical yeah. that you want to do? And, and I started, when I got in college, I really, kind of fell into uh, opera music Ooh. and singing opera. Um, and so that was an interesting experience for me, but I really enjoyed it. And they were at every every opera performance. They were at every musical theater performance. Um, even my grandparents, um, my mom's my mom's parents who they they would never go to an opera, but they'll go if I'm there. And that just, you know, that means a lot. Absolutely. And <laughs> so lots as, of support. As a band nerd and a music nerd, I just I can't really think of too many people off the top of my head that are even like interested or have any like inclination about opera. So that just, I, I shame on me for judging a book by its cover, but man, mad respect. You're one of my people. So <laughs> I love no, it. it's a wild world. I don't, I don't do it uh, anymore really, but right. it, it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. And then mm -hmm. my other question, um, especially because I come from a performance background as well, as you started, you know, like going out there and doing these performances, whether it was benefit show, charity, whatever it may be, what was it like for you, especially like putting yourself out there to live audiences and how did you like deal with the nerves, the adrenaline and the fight or flight instincts that kicked in? Honestly, just to be completely transparent with you, that's something that I still really struggle mm -hmm. with. Um, so I've always had really intense performance anxiety. Oh yeah. And I, I found myself, you know, the first show that I ever played, just, I would practice over and over and over. And I never felt like I was as prepared as I should be. Mm -hmm. That bar was never met, you know? And so, um, I, the, the answer is I've just like, I've had ebbs and flows with it. Like there have been times where it's been easier and as I've gotten oh, yeah. older, um, and have done it more, it feels more approachable. Um, right. but still, yeah, like, um, there was a time in college where I ended up having like a panic attack during oh, wow. a jury performance because I just put so much pressure on myself and on that situation. Absolutely. And yeah, so yeah, so when you say like, you know, you've dealt with with performance anxiety, it's mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I think it's it's something that, you know, will always kind of stay with me. Yeah. But yeah, I can I can kind of take a breath in now and realize like, 
it's going to be okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, that's that's something I've heard, whether it was, you know, like wrestling, live performance, whatever it may be. If you don't get those nerves or you don't have that little bit of the adrenaline rush beforehand, then your time, like you, you're doing the wrong thing at that point. Like you always want to have that anxious energy. But right. when it when it escalates to that point, even what do you do to find that balance, especially like because as the artistic types, we tend to, you know, put that extra pressure on ourselves. We overanalyze everything we do. We're our own worst critics more than somebody out in the crowd who has no background in it. How do you center yourself and bring yourself back down to that point? You know, like especially when it gets so severe as having a panic attack during a during a performance even. Yeah. Um I well I think that there are a couple there are physical things that I do. Mm-hmm. But the first thing that I have to kind of realize in those moments is that I have to trust my audience. Yep. They are there because they want to hear music. Mm-hmm. And whether it's me, just me, or if it's you know a, a bunch of different acts playing or whatever it is, like they're there because they want to be there. Absolutely. And so finding comfort in that and realizing that what we do as performers, as artists, is a sense of what am I trying to say we are called to deliver messages of songs that mean something to us whether that's something we've written ourselves or whether that's something that you know we enjoy singing because we that song means something to us and as a vocalist I think that's something that's unique to singers is we actually get to sing lyrics sing text you know um and so remembering why I'm doing that. And like, I'm a catalyst for the message. Absolutely. It takes the pressure off of me. Like somebody, you know, I've, I've even had like a terrible performances before where I've just like, I sang my song and I sat down. It was at a charity event actually a few years ago. And I thought, God, that was just, that sucked. Like that was just the worst. And I, um, sat through the rest of the night and you know, it was fine. And this, this gentleman came up to me afterward and said, I really loved this song that you sang. My partner passed away oh. a couple of years ago and it was from a musical. And he said, I love that show. And it reminded me of him. And I was like, wow. yeah, okay. That's what yeah, this is about. Man. Not how I'm doing vocally. Um, so that's, that's one thing. And then another thing that I do, because I teach voice, um, I have a master's degree in vocal pedagogy. Oh, so okay. Yeah, I completely nerd out about voice science and and that's why I wanted to go and get my master's was to understand more about how the voice works. Absolutely. Because I had such, you know, bad experiences with performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I work to center my breath and just take a moment and make sure that I'm getting, like I'm opening my airway and I'm just kind of relaxing into the moment for a Absolutely. second before I hit the ground running. You know Absolutely. What I mean? And that's that's so weird to say that like finding a moment to just be in the moment in today's day and age seems like such a rare thing or like it's not the cool thing to do because everything is just so, you know, like Amazon Prime delivery next right. day, you know, later that afternoon, like you have to be going on to the next thing and you yeah. can't just sit there and be in the moment. So it seems like if you can do that, it's a rare, rare thing, but it's something that everybody needs to find to be able to do for themselves and chances yeah. are it may help with anxieties that they're dealing with you know not even performance based but just every day because they may not feel fulfilled they may not know what to do 
It's honestly like it kind of um, reminds me of like a it's like a little mini meditation. Yes. Because you are just kind of going inward for just a second, trying to kind of do some body mapping and relax anything that's tense. Absolutely. And then just let it go. Yeah. One hundred percent. And then yeah. one thing you brought up there, especially with like the vocal sciences and <laughs> how the voice works and everything, that's something that has come up not only like as I was in the process of getting ready to record a commercial demo, but also doing my, you know, different dialects that I've picked up over the last year. It, it's yeah. such a fascinating thing. And what, like, what made you also like think that was something that you could, you know, really dive into outside of everything you just did right there? Was there already something like helping you find your vocal ranges or just what you could do in your own, like, what you're comfortable with your own natural speaking voice. What else led you to uh, wanting to get into that field? Well, it's interesting. So, you know, I, I went to college and double majored mm -hmm. in music industry and vocal performance and had the intention actually when I, um, about halfway through my college career to kind of get into the whole opera performance right. world. So I, I started, um, I got into singing American opera and I really loved that and enjoyed that. It's a little bit more contemporary. I found it really interesting. Um, but because of all of these kind of performance anxiety issues and some other things that I had, there was so much going on in college um, that basically, long story short, by the time I graduated, I had my senior recital. It went okay. Um, but I, I kind of closed the book on my performance career. I just kind of thought, you know what? I've worked so hard and now it almost felt like my voice was sabotaging me. Mm. Like I couldn't depend on it. Right. Because I was so, these nerves had just kind of worked into something really out of control. Yeah. And I did some speech and singing therapy in school, um, which helped, but it just became to, it came to the point where I didn't feel like I could trust my voice and I didn't yeah. know why. And so I literally said, okay, I'm going to close that book and I'm not going to sing anymore. And I'm going to go work in the music industry because I got two degrees. <laughs> and so that's what I did. <laughs> so I, I worked in the music industry for like five years. And looking back now, I was so depressed. Right. I was so sad because I just, I thought, well, I, I, I'd put in my mind just the notion that singing was something in the past and being around creative people. Like I worked at a publishing company, mm -hmm. um, so being around songwriters and, and, and such creative people who I had so much respect for, I thought that would be enough to, to just kind of be around that and be a right. small part of that. But I feel like when you have something that you love, that you put away, if it's meant to be, it starts to kind of get yeah. at you just a little bit, you know? Absolutely. And yeah. And so I started kind of thinking like, like I wasn't, I wasn't brave enough to start singing yet, to be completely honest with you. Um, and I just wanted to, that's where my thought of like, okay, I want to know how the voice works and what, what's happening here. Because right. the chance that the chance that it's just happening to me is so slim. Like I know that has to happen to other people too. And I had had two voice teachers and a, a really great choir director, you know, in um, in college mm -hmm. and and before college. And I really had great relationships with those people. 
And so I just kind of thought, you know, that would be a great tool to have and to learn. So knowing how the voice works and approaching voice teaching and developing relationships with fellow singers and fellow artists to kind of help with my understanding of this whole process. And so that's, that's where that began. Nice. Was in that moment. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it's, that also gave me a question too, um, that I've noticed with a lot of, especially like creative or, you know, like just anybody that's involved in the acting or the art world, that depression seems to be something that can be so prevalent with everybody and not to change the topic off of it too much, but when that happens and you start packing, you know, the musical way that's been such a big part of your life. Well, number one, like what does your family say when they see this happening? Are they on board with it? Do they understand? Were you able to communicate what was going on or what was all that like? You know, I think, well, my parents have always been a very much, you do what you feel like you need to do. Right. You know, that they've, they've, it's not that they're hands off, but they're not going to take me by the hand and lead me. Yeah. In not helicopter parent or anything like that either. No, not at all. And so I think with them and they just kind of said, okay, maybe that's, maybe they thought that's what I did need, you know, because. Right, right. They had seen me kind of go through all of this stuff. And Jeremy's, I like, it's insane to think about the things I did my last semester. We got married my last semester of college. Oh yeah, that's right. So much stress. Yeah. I don't know how you juggled all that and didn't turn into Bridezilla, but good on you. Oh my gosh. It was awful. (laughs) And I mean, I think I'm, I'm so glad we, we got married when we did, but I'm like, no wonder you were so stressed. Um, right. And, and things kind of turned out the way they did, but you know, Jeremy, you know, he is such a sweetheart and he's such a supporter. Um, you know, he, he was kind of like, do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. You're working in an industry. That's great. Try that. See how that goes. And, but the men and I kind of, and on any step of my journey, my music journey, um, or just life journey, he's always been like, okay, let's figure it out. You know? Absolutely. So when I decided to go to school, he was like, okay, like, let's just see how this goes. And you know, if it's meant to be, it's, it's going to work out. And so that's it. it. Really did. That and is same it. thing. Yeah. When I left my, uh, when I left my full time, teaching position like that, like part of me felt insane doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I may never get an opportunity like that again. Right. Right. Um, but he was so supportive, you know, he was so supportive and was like, you've got to do this. He said, if anybody can make a living, like entrepreneur, like working for yourself, I know it's you. And so I was like, okay, man, so. and I get that got to be my cheerleader too. <laughs> You can. I mean, honestly. I'll get him and uh, Mercedes from previous episodes. I just, if I can get two oh, yeah. cheerleaders in my corner, it's those two, and then have my wife just as the pyramid of that right there, the top of the pyramid. <laughs> but again, that's that's actually something else that I want to uh, to bring up with that with my second question, mm-hmm. um, especially when you take that chance and bet on yourself. But when you start getting those inklings of, you know, like music trying to creep back in, how does the depression, does it try to sabotage that? Does self-sabotage come in? How did you combat that to get into that? And then we'll we'll transfer over to, uh, you know, taking the bet to go out on your own there. Yeah, uh, definitely a lot of self-sabotage. And I, I'm just naturally like a, a pretty 
high anxiety functioning mm-hmm. person. So when anything kind of feels like two two parts of my world are kind of like tugging, right. they're fighting, you know, it's like you're here, but this over here is kind of calling you. Yeah. Um, that does not feel good. Understandable. <laughs> I, think a lot of, I think a lot of people go like, or think like, oh, you know, you just, you've, you've got this gift, you've done this for so long and you just kind of decided. It's like, no, it's not that easy. It was like this horrible, like lots of sleepless nights mm-hmm. and just like worrying and praying. And I'm a verbal processor. So talking, talking Jeremy's head off about it, <laughs> um, you know, just, just to kind of like make sure. But at the end, at the end of the day, I think it's such a gut thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't do this, then what? And then it's the answer was like, I will die with this horrible regret. And I can't right. do that. A sense of unfulfillment. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. It is the absolute is. worst. And it then is. as you as you take that chance, like and that's a huge bet to make on yourself. And it's obviously worked out, which is awesome, but it seems like we live in a world of skepticism where, you know, like you're encouraged to take the chances, you know, do things you wouldn't normally do. But when you do it, people seem to just be automatically, oh, was that the right thing to do? You know, I'm glad you did, but I just want it to work out for you. Yes. What was it like, especially like making that big of a commitment and a choice and then trying to keep the the depression and that little voice in your head at bay too, despite having your husband being your biggest cheerleader along the way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really think that's, I mean, honestly, as part of any creative journey, that voice is still there, you know, and, and, and we'll always, I don't, I don't think it matters what level of success Mm -mm. you attain. That's just always going to be there. Um, but now I kind of start to recognize it a little bit quicker. And like when I first left, and just kind of decided, okay, I'm going to kind of go on my own and do these things. Like I did care a lot about mm-hmm. what people thought. Um, I still, I still care some, but you know, you have to kind of believe enough in yourself yes. to kind of keep those outer voices at bay. Like as long as you've got a great support system. Absolutely. And the people who you trust are like, I think like Brene Brown talks about it. Like if they're in, the arena with you, you know, mm-hmm. if they're, they're, there, they're your team, they're your support system. Like as long as they're there, I'm okay now, yep. you know, because the people who think that what I've done is crazy. I mean, we're probably not really, we probably didn't really connect anyway. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And there, or there's so, some, there's some underlying jealousy or something there, you know, just because they couldn't make that chance themselves. So they're going to try and make people around them feel the same Ooh, way. No. And, second guess it and that's you hate it for that person but at the same time like you said you've got to keep those voices at bay yeah yeah because that's definitely not going to help with the whole depression thing absolutely absolutely (laughs) definitely so so yeah starting to just kind of like see that inner voice the bat the kind of negative for Mm -hmm. what it is um and i i just I remember like the summer after I I left and I was like trying to, you know, build my private studio and kind of get all these things together and starting to write um, and stuff like that and just kind of 
put myself out there more, which is honestly really hard for me to do. Oh, I'm yeah. really introverted. Jeremy can just like do it. He's yeah. like such a, and that like, that's, we're so similar in so many ways. Um, but that's one way in which we're very opposite. I wish I had a little bit more of that. Um, <laughs> But like, I just remember thinking like, this feels like the worst roller coaster. Like I would have like this little high bump and then it would just dip low for days, like sometimes weeks, you know, but the more you kind of just keep plugging away and just keep going, the roller coaster is still there, but the dips are not as low. Right. Right. it, It kind of stabilizes itself a little bit. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm still learning to navigate that, but, but that's what I've seen in the last like three or four years. And that's you know? truth be told, that's probably like one of the hardest parts of it. And I know, especially on the acting and the voice acting side of things, the roller coaster, you have those really high moments, then you have those really low moments or you have the lulls that can go days, weeks, months, you know, like, and then you just, you get that next big thing and then it's all worth it again, but you just have to navigate those waters until you get that next big thing or you get that next high point and then just ride it as long as you can. But in that situation too, especially when you're trying to get everything from the ground up, you know, just build it, get the foundation and just keep adding on from there, especially like with a studio even, how Mm -hmm. do you balance all that? Do you have to delegate responsibilities? Do you take it all on yourself? How do you, how do you manage all that? I definitely take it all on myself. <laughs> um, yeah, but what I what I try to do is create like a sense of schedule and normalcy. So like I have certain days a week where I'm teaching certain places. Like I'm an adjunct professor at Trevecca University, and so I'm surprised I haven't my... seen you out there then because I'm there. Yeah. I'm on campus every month doing safety inspections. So no way. I'm, I'm surprised I haven't seen you. That's so funny. That's insane. Well, Small if world. If you're ever in Lakefield, like, uh, I am like, actually, I'm checking your defibrillator once a month. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, come say hi. Okay. I'll see if I can find your room then. I'm, I'm on the second floor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I've got my certain days. Like I try to kind of like now that I know what I can kind of handle yeah. in my work life, I'm like, okay, I need these days, this time to kind of balance everything. Mm -hmm. And then I have like a day and a half or so during the week that are like work from home days. And that can be anything from, you know, writing to right now I'm like doing a lot of like marketing kind of planning and stuff like that for these upcoming releases this year and kind of contacting people about that. So I've, as long as I know that I've got that time pretty consistently, I can kind of keep trucking. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And then as yeah. as we talked about, you know, before cameras started rolling and before we started recording here, you actually have a couple projects that are in the works and you have a, a new single that's about to drop as well. As yeah. And which, as we're recording, it hasn't dropped yet, but by the time this airs, it will have. So link will be in the show notes and you know what to do there. What is, <laughs> what is that process like? Like, I know having the schedule, having, you know, the basically the routine in place, so to speak probably Mm -hmm. makes it easier to manage, but when you have a new project in the works or two even, how do you add that into the schedule to make everything work and not overwhelm yourself? Well, and that's, that's where I'm kind of grateful for like flexibility within my day job. So Mm -hmm. like if I like, not necessarily at Trevecca, but with my private studio, I can kind of like move that around a little bit or, you know, kind of reschedule some things, which is like a big blessing. Um, but yeah, I really just try to like use the time that I do have really 
really wisely. Absolutely. Um, to make sure that I'm I'm getting as much done as I can. Um, because the other the other component to add to that is like taking care of my voice. Yep. If oh, I'm that's a big all one. the time and singing, like I need to make sure you know I'm not overdoing it. Yep. In either department. So. And- this actually, man, you, you're giving me these questions that I hadn't even really thought of ahead of time. Like you're just, you're making my job easy now because you're just giving me these layup questions with, so like, with the vocal care and the vocal rest. Even like, I know you, you, you have to give yourself that downtime. You have to give yourself that rest because your voice is probably your most important tool, the biggest asset, you know, outside of yourself that you bring to the business and your brand. Yes. Do you? How do you deal? Like, especially with me, if I see an audition come in that I think is really cool, but you're supposed to be taking an off day, how do you fight? You know, how do you combat FOMO and just like the fear of missing out of what could be the next big break? How do you rationalize that? Well, you know, for the ones that I the the opportunities that I really want, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. You yep. know, even if I am not at a hundred percent, I'm gonna try to do what I can. Um, but you know, I really just try to take care of, like, I think it's all about the little things. And so making sure that I'm taking care of my voice on a daily basis, Absolutely. not overtaxing it on a daily basis. So I now know my teaching limits for the day. I can teach this number of hours. That's all I can do, you know? Yep. And it, it's not, it, I mean, it kind of sucks. I wish it would be, but it's not an eight hour work day. You right, know? right. So I, but you, so you have to kind of find where that, that spot is for you. And, um, and so, you know, finding that routine to take care of it usually sets me up pretty well for when I've got something big coming up. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I like that. And then this is one that may be an obvious, may have an obvious answer, but I personally don't know it. We, we both, we live in Nashville, music city. As Mm -hmm. you, as you've created your own studio, what was that like in a market where like it's based off music? There are recording studios, there are record labels. What's it like to go and start your own amidst all of that? It, I mean, it was pretty intimidating, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you have all different levels of voice teachers and vocal coaches. And oh yeah, everybody brings something different to the table. Um, so I really just I was kind of lucky in that I have some friends of mine who you know, work in the industry, like my, one of my best friends, um, is producing my, uh, both EP projects. Oh, nice. Um, and so, yeah. And so, but she would say like, Hey, like I've got, you know, this artist coming in to the studio and, you know, she's kind of having trouble with this. Like, would you work with her? So it's all truly about word of mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and so Absolutely. I've, I've been blessed to have, you know, some like good connections, um, mm-hmm kind of going out from just old friends who I've worked with previously. Um, so that's been great. Um, and then other little, other little avenues, like, uh, you know, friends of mine who are in music in other ways, um, will kind of send off referrals. I've got a former Lipscomb student and he, he hasn't lately, but he'll, he'll text me, you know, once every couple of months and go like, Hey, are you, you're still coaching, right? I've got somebody for you. And he'll, oh, you know, yes. yeah. And so it's just like people, you know, and, and, that's that's the good part of it because it would be terrifying just to like throw your name out into yeah. the, the ether and go, oh, I'm teaching voice too. Absolutely. And I mean, <laughs> so, that, yeah. what you just said right there, word of mouth is key. 
And see, now it makes sense as to why we keep asking you guys to subscribe and share on social media and get on your podcast platform. It helps. You can't just throw it out there and expect it to stick. Your word matters. I mean, that cheap little tie-in, but it's obviously true because you yes. if somebody you know and somebody you trust refers somebody, you know they're not gonna they're not gonna send you something that's a bad quality. So right. it makes it makes all the difference in the world. And yes. then I, I love the the referrals from former students as well because I do that with any coach I've had that's you know that's helped me in the voiceover world. If somebody needs help, check out this person, check out this person. I mean it's it's all word of mouth and it just it does more than people probably realize and they may not even think twice when they do it, but at the end of the day, that's a big deal for the person they're actually helping. And it's a great oh, way yeah. it's a great form of affirmation as well. It definitely is, yeah. And I'm really lucky too in like in the voice community. Like mm-hmm. I have some really the the voice teacher and coach community, like some really wonderful people. So like we all like refer each other. Like I yeah. know I have a friend who's a coach who does like, you know, she works with, you know, people who have very specific voice issues and, you know, things like that. So it's, it, it's, it's a giving community for something that might feel like it's pretty self-competitive. It doesn't have to be that way, you know, 100%. And then man, like we've, we've covered so much ground as it is, (laughs) but I think, you know, like we, one thing we haven't really hit on is, downtime like I know you mentioned you know like centering yourself getting that brief little form of meditation but when you're not at work when you're not you know like doing coaching or you're not helping somebody what do you do to recharge your batteries and make sure that you don't burn yourself out well to be honest I have a really hard time resting join the club join the club Such a hard time like I mean, there, there was a, and, and I've got, um, like some days off coming up where I'll put it in my calendar. I'm like, Fane, don't you dare book something, but I will be like that day. I know I'm going to be like walking around my house going, oh my gosh, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. Yep. So it's, it's with independent work. Yeah. It's so hard to take that off, but yeah. I really try to like be intentional because I'm that way during the week, especially right. like my weekends, I, my weekends are my downtime. I actually, because I'm introverted and I work one-on-one with a lot of people through the week. Um, I have to have time where I'm just at home where it's quiet, where I'm just like, I'm yep. going to veg out on a documentary or some Gilmore girls or like, <laughs> Like those are kind of my, like '90s, '90s and early 2000s uh, TV is like my, it's like my comfort food yeah. in that department. Like Frasier and Gilmore Girls for oh, life. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm so glad you said that. Okay, people in college, I would have Frasier running like, you know, in our apartment. They'd be like, "Why do you watch this? It's so good." Um, but yeah, that, so I just, I try to be really intentional about like weekends and make sure I have that time Absolutely. away. Yeah. And then yeah. that actually leads me to another question completely off topic. This is more yeah. on the, the husband wife side of things. You mentioned not yeah. resting. It's, it's been a common thing across this podcast with different scare actors I've interviewed. And then across, uh, you know, the interviews we've done on tales from the haunt. With yeah. you being married to probably one of the most recognizable Q-line actors for Nashville Nightmare, 
what is the haunt season like at y'all's house, especially like being on the spouse side of things? Like we've heard from the actors, but what is yeah. it like for you? Because I know you came out last season, but when Jeremy's at the haunt, what are you doing? Like, how do you process like just his long nights and the long weekends and the long work days where you've got your other job than that? How does all that, you know, how does all that work in your world? Honestly, it's, it's so funny. We were just talking about this like last night, how we've found a rhythm. The mm -hmm. first couple of years, it was just really, it was really tough. Yeah, I bet. One, yeah, like one thing that we've learned just because we'll be married 12 years in October. Oh, congratulations. Um, Actually, probably around the time this may air. So oh, nice. anniversary, oh, anniversary surprise. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, like we, the first couple of years, it was just, it was so tough. Like we both just, but we weren't really taking intentional time to yeah. be together when yeah. we had it, you know? Um, but we kind of found like a balance and a rhythm with that. So, cause we're both so, we try to be so supportive of one another mm -hmm. in the different like things that all yeah. the different things that, you know, I do like two things. He does like 10, <laughs> <laughs> all of his endeavors. Um, but yeah, like we, we try to make, uh, really intentional time when we have it Absolutely. and just make sure that we're there. Like for me, like phones are kind of like off by the way set yeah. how are you we're having like a check-in conversation to like see how the other person is doing and what's going on um because that was the thing that was kind of um the first couple of years it felt like we were two ships passing in the night yeah. it was just like we weren't talking we weren't connecting and it was so hard because i mean i don't think people realize like if you don't know that world how long haunt season lasts oh yeah it lasts so long, which is great, but like that's a lot of a lot of time right. for you guys, um, and and for you know spouses or partners mm -hmm. or whatever to kind of be separated. But um, but it, I always love like seeing how happy it makes him too. Oh, like yeah. he enjoys it so much. Um, so I, I love kind of hearing all of his like crazy stories and stuff when he comes. Right. Home. Right. And that's yeah. that. That's one thing too that you mentioned about the haunt season. It's long, but at the yeah. same time too, when you're done, it's almost like you blink and you missed it. So you you yeah, maybe get yeah. into a rhythm during the season, or as you get to that rhythm, the season's over. Then maybe a month or two down the road, you've got like a one weekend event. But it's like as soon sure. as you find that rhythm, it's over. Sure. And, but I mean, I I get that because obviously on my end we had a lot going on. You know, like family-wise baseball it was just it was hard yeah. to make that intentional time but that that's the key thing right there you have to put the cell phones away put the technology away you actually have to stop and communicate and yeah. just make that time if you want it to work i mean that's wise wise words that's well and that's like i mean i can't tell you what a difference that made it was really oh, yeah. yeah yeah it was really amazing um so yeah, but I I love that time of year for him. Like, yeah, it's it's cool to see him do his thing. I'm glad I got brave enough to go this year. And oh visit. yeah, <laughs> and it's it's funny he actually shared the picture that I forgot we took in the photo booth, and I was like, well, was I in that costume that night? But yeah, I mean there it was. But yes, and it was so funny. He told me after the fact too. He's like, yeah, she don't like haunted houses. Like, 
Dude, I'm so scared. Like, I wish I did, but I'm so embarrassed at the level of terror I, like, that it just comes over me the second I'm in there. It's like reality goes out the door. Everybody's right. out to kill me. Like, it, I really think that. It's the same with my wife, and oddly enough, it's the same with so many of the actors that we interview and work with. They used to hate this stuff, and now they work there. Like, how, how does that work? That's so funny. Oh my gosh. The human human that. nature and human psychology is such a very very unique thing, but Yes. I yes think it is. My my last question uh because man, you've you've shared a lot tonight and I'm I'm so grateful for your time. But oh, Yeah, thank you. This is a two-part question actually. So, when are we going to get the husband and wife combo performance whether it's him on drums in the mask or maybe both of you performing in masks. When is that going to happen? I mean, you'll have to ask him because, you know, <laughs> he'll get so creative and come up with something so amazing. Yeah, maybe we can have um, a spooky uh, little uh, acoustic set at Nashville Nightmare or yes, something. And we'll, have, uh, we'll have our equipment set up right there in the middle. Look for the banners. Look for the equipment. We'll have a live yeah. podcast and performance. Fun times will be had by all. That would be fun. And he's going to be in studio tomorrow, so don't tempt me because I will ask him. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, this is – I have learned so much, and I'm so glad that we finally got to do this because, you me know, if, if our friendship and just getting to know each other would have only been that one night at Nightmare and then obviously still being friends with Jeremy, I would have never known, like – because I'm trying to follow in your steps with – not only podcasting, but voice acting and just hearing your story, hearing the steps you took, how brave you were to do it, man, that's that's motivational. And I don't doubt that anybody listening to this, if they're second guessing it, if they're thinking about it, if they hear your story, that's probably going to give them that little nudge they need to make that choice and go for it. So, I mean, just thank you oh, for thank you. for sharing that story. So, thank you. Man, that means a whole lot. I really appreciate that. And that's that's one thing I definitely want other people to feel like they're they're worth of course going after their dreams and yes. um on whatever level that may be. Mm -hmm. Um and honestly and not to like I mean, this will sound like a shameless plug, but really I just I really truly want to share like the the single I have coming out that's called I Lied. That's what it's about. Yeah. It was about like me taking a leap of faith to kind of go after what I wanted and how like I had no idea if it would work out or if it was the right decision, but I I had to try it. And so that's why I wrote that freaking song. Absolutely. And now that now that I know like we're almost to the finish line, like I said, as we're recording, it's going to be coming out here, you know, in the next few days. So I will be on the lookout for it. But yeah. I'm going to make it easy for everybody that's listening who may not have already heard it. That link for that song will be in the show notes. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we also had your, uh, man, I don't even know if Epic would do it justice, but the cover you did of um, The Final Countdown, we had that in Jeremy's show notes. So yeah. if you guys go back and check that episode out, which I really hope you do, go check that out as well because, man, um, I'm not saying it just because you're here, but it's right up there if not on on like better than you know the europe cover because i mean you know they say nothing's better than the original but i don't know i might fight them on that one so oh my gosh thank you thank you of, of that course was a fun one. and i mean it's just 
I want people to know about my friends that have talents. It's good stuff. Do your ears a favor. Go listen, or else I will send Jeff to body slam you. So he's big <laughs> enough to do it. I'm lazy. There you go. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much. Of course, of course. But um, now I think everybody knows what's going to be coming right around the corner. We're going to flip the script a little bit. We're going to call it in the ring. And I know before we started rolling cameras, this is going to be super spontaneous. So I don't know what kind of questions you're going to ask. I don't know if you know what questions you're going to ask yet. So we're about to have some fun. But whenever you are ready, the floor is yours. Okay. Actually, I came up with like really, really quick questions. I'm just like praying that I can read my notes. Okay. Since, okay, since I'm like a musician, I have to ask, who is your favorite band or artist? Oh, man, that is a tough one. Um, I can at least give you two that I all, that are always go to. Actually, no, I can give you three. Um, okay. One will be Hootie and the Blowfish. Nice. Uh, another band would be Bare Naked Ladies, mm. simply for Old Apartment. That song will never get old. And nice. then I'm pretty sure he's based out of Nashville, but I discovered this guy like my last two weeks of high school, and I've been a fan ever since. But if anybody is familiar with Matt Carney, that guy is gold for me. So, so good. Oh, thank so you. Of course good. you know him. Yes. Yes, I think he just performed. He did actually. He's got a he's got a concert coming up on the sixteenth, but unfortunately, I can't go because that's my grandfather's birthday. So I'm not I'm not oh. gonna miss that. But yeah, that was oh. uh, that's a bucket list concert to go to. So he's amazing. Yeah, yes. those are all such good answers. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yes. Um. Okay. What is your scariest wrestling moment? Oh God. Um. I'm, I don't know if I have just one because there was one that happened recently. Again, as we record this, and I've, I've made jokes about it on the podcast already, but, you know, it's, oh, man. I'm just going to give you a few and try to give you the, the Spark Notes versions of them. Um, probably the first would be the first time I ever had a physical interaction with a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy hit me in the back of the head. And when I turned around, I saw that, you know, like, security was trying to get him. Another wrestler that was, like, about 150 pounds soaking wet was trying to get him. And he was just bulldozing through all of them. And, you know, here he comes. I grab him by the ears and just soccer punt him in the face, like, in, like on instinct to protect myself because he came over the barrier, which was a thin little piece of twine rope. Shows how much they take wrestler <laughs> safety, you know, seriously, but yeah, oh my that gosh. happened. And then it was like, all I can hear as he's getting back up and he's got blood coming from his nose is I'll find you in the parking lot. I'll, you know, I'll cut you. I've got a gun in my car. And I'm like, okay, I did my job as a bad guy, but am I going to get killed? Like my family is over here watching, like my mom and some of her friends came to the show. And then it's like, <laughs> am I going to get somebody hurt here? Am I going to get hurt? And thankfully, you know, like that de-escalated, but I've oh also gosh. had another one, um, and I've still got the scar on my leg as I'm looking at it right now, I had a weapons match, which I am not a fan of doing, but story-wise made sense, sure. So I had to bleed in the match, the other guy had to bleed. His instrument for making himself bleed 
came loose and as he was grabbing my leg, sliced the inside of my quadricep. I didn't realize it happened until after the match. I just thought, you know, like the blood from my forehead had dripped down on my white my white outfit. That's where the blood was coming from. Oh yeah. no. Oh no. So I mean, as I've as I've said on previous episodes, you know, what's a femoral artery? You know, like things you yeah. don't even think about. And then yeah. the most recent one, um, I guess I was just completely oblivious to everything going on around me. Jeff saw it. Other wrestlers in the back saw it. And thankfully they reacted because I was just so in the zone on my match. Got people who were supposed to have been trained, and I didn't know this at the time, that were also supposed to be ring crew that should have had some sense to how the show works, get so mad at what I was doing and get so mad at me that they not only tried to call the police, they tried to uh, go set the concession stand on fire. They tried oh to wait on me in the parking lot, and the police did show up. But, you know, it's like, I had no idea any of that was going on. I thought they were just throwing a fit because they were getting kicked out of the show, and I'm still trying to have the match, but as the yeah. match is over, they had to send another guy who I'm now like having a storyline feud with out to fight me and get me back to the, you know, get me back to the locker room where it was safe so that fans wouldn't try to, you know, come over the rails and try to attack me. So it's oh like, my gosh. yeah, again, it's like point of pride. There's no bad guys that do that anymore. Like they do in the seventies and eighties, but it's like, okay, Jeff and his family were there. Uh, yeah. you know, people's families and kids were there. Would, would somebody have gotten hurt just for me putting on a performance and somebody not knowing you know, like knowing how to take it, you know, it's like, again, I guess method acting for the win, but is it worth getting somebody hurt over? You know, it's like, you just don't realize it's still real to them. So. Oh my gosh. Well, honestly, Flynn, what I'm hearing is you're really good at your job. (laughs) I hope, I hope that's what I tell myself, but I hope. (laughs) <laughs> gracious oh those are like so much more intense than i could oh, have ever boy. imagined wow okay okay um who is your favorite horror icon and why oh man um i i don't think jack skellington would count for that because that's more you know like i guess maybe even more christmas related but i would that's probably cool. I guess I'll probably go Michael Myers or okay. even, yeah, let's go Michael Myers. Cause I mean, there's so many different things in the conjuring world and the insidious world that I love, but yeah. there's not one that you can just really say is, is the, the face of the franchise, but Michael Myers for sure. Cool. I do. I do like Jack Skellington too. Yes. Okay. Good, Again, I really knew you like... were my people. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Um, so this wasn't a question I wrote down, but based on um, your favorite band or artist question, what is your the best concert you've ever been to? Oh, man. Uh, it, it's a toss-up. And they were actually, I think I saw them both maybe the same year, and it was the year before COVID happened, before everything shut down. Um, one was the Eagles and Vince Gill, and then the nice. other was uh, Hootie and the Blowfish and bare naked ladies. And it was one that me and my wife were going to actually go to right after our second son was born, but she was just not getting sleep. So I ended up going with one of my friends and that was fun. But I think probably my favorite one, even out of all those, out of all the, 
you know, stage designs, lights, everything they did, my absolute favorite would probably have to be going to see Greg Allman at the Ryman um, back in 2013 on my birthday. Probably had oh, the worst yeah. seat in the house, but you just hearing the music was enough for me. You know, it's like right at yeah. the side of the stage, but being able to do oh, that on my birthday was just can't top it. Man, and like that venue is just, you just, for intimate shows oh, yeah. like that, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. You just can't, you can't beat that. Mm-mm. Ah. Um, okay, last, I think this is my yep. last question. This is it. Okay, so I see you have a lot of cool collector items. Yes. Behind you. What is your favorite Man, um, I can actually grab it right here. I know the listeners can't see it. Oh! But um, it would probably be the first Dragon Ball figure that I got. And nice. for some reason, that one has survived through everything, every downsizing spree I've gone through. It just, for whatever reason, that one just ignited all of my love for anime voiceover even and then half these people that I've gotten to work with and some I've even got to call friends and you know like that have been so gracious to come on this show even that have done guest intros all that fun stuff you know yeah. it's like it just that one figure and now my son has one similar as he's starting to grow up and get into and it's just like I get to pass it down but it's just so special because now even the guy that you know did the voice as I was growing up I've gotten to sit under his learning tree and do workshops. I've gotten to go meet him in person. And I got to take my son with me and just getting to see them interact, man. It just, it's the sentimental feeling more than anything else. Probably not even dollar wise, but just everything that kind of stemmed from buying that one figure when I was nine years old, just boom, <sighs> everything you see around us right now. I love that. That's so cool. Thank that you. is so cool. And I, I have to say, I think voice acting is one of the coolest and most interesting jobs. It's and uh, I could like yeah. It's it's, it's so fun and it but it's a labor of love and I know Jeff is dipping his toes into that world now and nice. again, if if that's something anybody wants to, you know, try their hand at or get into, go check out I wanna be a voice actor.com um and you will have a plethora of information right there. Because, thankfully, one silver lining of the pandemic is that you don't have to live in a major hub like New York, Los Angeles, or somewhere in Texas now. You can do it all remote. So, as long as you've got a good setup, doesn't matter where you are. If you've got talent, you can be discovered. So That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, I Thank love you. that. Thank I you. I love that. Man, and I, I love those questions. So, this was... Uh, hey! How do we... Okay, we went an hour, and it doesn't even feel like we went an hour. It feels like we just got started. So, I know. <laughs> again, I I sound like a broken record on just about every episode, but literally, these things fly by so quickly for me, and I hope they do for the listeners as well because I'm just enjoying every second of it. I see Jeff, you know, he's over here enjoying it too, as he's trying to find something to throw at me. But you know, we'll we'll deal with that <laughs> when the cameras aren't rolling. But you know, it's just, it, it's so fun, and it, I'm so glad that I get to come on here and learn more about my friends that, 
you know, again, it's things that don't normally come up in casual conversation. So I'm just, I'm grateful for the opportunities. I'm grateful that you wanted to come on here and you took the time to do it. And, you know, just thank you. That's all I can say is thank you. Man, it was a blast. It was so nice getting to know you better too. Absolutely. I I had a blast and I guess we'll have to, uh, we might have to schedule some uh, some couples or some triples dates here in the near future, and we'll see if Jeremy breaks the mask out for those too. But oh, come on, yeah, yeah, you know we'll, it was a- <laughs> we'll have to make that happen for sure. And then again, too, you're welcome anytime in studio. Like I said, Jeremy's going to be here tomorrow for uh, Tales from the Haunt episode. So anytime yeah. the door is open, and anytime you want to come back on, maybe if you want to host the podcast and interview me, that door oh is gosh. wide open. So okay. That'd be cool. Let's make it happen. And we'll get that in the books too. But Fane, seriously, thank you again for coming on. And I know for sure that this story that you shared here tonight, this it's so unique. It's so special, but it's something that can help anybody else that may be thinking about taking that, that leap of faith and betting on themselves. So I can't wait to, you know, see just what you do next. And hopefully that, hear that some of our listeners were so motivated by this that they they took that leap of faith and took that bet on themselves. So I'm just excited to see where you go. I hope it motivates our listeners because I know it's, you can tell by just how giddy I am and how I'm kind of stumbling over my words. It's motivated me too. So thank you. Hey, it was my pleasure being on here. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. Thank you. And that means a lot. And guys, if you haven't already, like I said earlier, that word of mouth really helps. So if you can, go check out Fane's music that we're going to have linked in the uh, show notes here. Go check out the podcast in the archives if you haven't already. We've got over a year's worth of episodes in there. We've got your spooky fix on Tales from the Haunt if you're ready for Halloween and we're in the other 364 days of the year where it's not spooky things. Go get your fix on all that. All these podcasts are on all podcasting platforms. Like, subscribe, Give that five star and that written review because it really does help more than you know. Get the merch. Information's in the show notes. Send us a picture of you in the merch. We'll give you the shout out. Everything you need and want, we got you covered. And if you want to sponsor or advertise, we got information in the show notes about that as well. But for now, we're going to go ahead and call it a night. So for myself, for Fane, for Jeff over here working the engineering side of things and keeping this show afloat, we all thank you. And I can't wait to talk to you all again next week when we're back with another awesome episode. And I know you hear me. PWC Podcast. With Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 keeps you in the zone. I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.